Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful, beautiful, fantastic March day? <laughs> I hope wherever you are, you're feeling great and groovy. Um, and I'm laughing because March is a funny month as far as the seasons go. Uh, one day it could be 75 degrees, at least in, in the Northeast, um, which it was a few days ago. And then it could be snowing and it's kind of doing that now. So... <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like, a beautiful March day? I'm not sure that is accurate. But again, we are in charge of our response to the things around us. And so we can choose a beautiful day, even though it's overcast and cold and wet and slushy snow outside. Totally awesome. All right, so I have um, Hafez with me to open our episode. Uh I had to run a few best ofs uh, in the previous weeks, if you noticed, because things have been shifting and changing over on the back end, uh, behind the scenes over here. And well, we're here now, so at least I'm here now. So let's let's turn to Hafez. Let's see what will come forward. So this is called The Bag Lady. I am the bag lady in every city. I have a spot on every street. My sacks are full of holiness. So I've come to peddle to touch your feet. I give myself to myself on rare occasions because I am so very shy. Hafez, the monarchs of this world are but slaves to thee, since the beloved took his seat in your eye. I am the bag lady in every city. I am playing divine music in every world. My sacks are full of holiness. I am asking, may I please bow to you? Hmm. How I'm seeing this is to not judge a book by its cover, to know that everyone, everything is divine, carries inherent divinity within it. And, you know, our Western concept of a bag lady is usually someone who is homeless or, um, you know, doesn't have a real job, whatever real job looks like, and um, seems like a nuisance because the, the stereotypical idea of a bag lady is some woman who's got a ton of bags, you know, old shopping bags, probably not bathed in a while, has, you know, ratty clothes and hangs out on the street corners peddling her wares, whether that's, you know, things pulled together 
from the trash and made into art or, um, you know, scraps of food that she's trying to sell. I don't know. I've never, I've never actually come across a woman who tried to do that. But um, in this poem, I see that Hafez is inviting us to remember that we are all divine, no matter what we look like, no matter what our job is, or, you know, how we speak. Um, and for us to celebrate that, because that is all we are. I love this part here. My sacks are full of holiness. So you don't even know what people are carrying. You don't know the stories that people have in their lives. So when we come across somebody, you know, and I, I love taking the, the, the traffic um, example always because it's so easy and it's something that people can relate to. And I see it all the time. I'm on the road all the time. And, um, you know, it's, it's the classic example of you're driving on the highway and somebody cuts you off, or it could even be like a local road and somebody cuts you off and you get mad because you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person like just cut in front of me. It's unsafe. It's, it's also these stories that we have in our head, like who the heck are they to cut me off? Like, why is it necessary for them to try to get in front of me? Just wait your turn, you know, all these kinds of things. And so these are the stories that we that we tell ourselves, at least I tell myself, um, thinking that I'm in charge of other people as well. And what the poem is pointing to for me is that I don't know that person's story. I don't know why they cut me off. I don't know what kind of baggage they're carrying. Um, you know, maybe they cut me off because they are jerks. You know, they want to get ahead and, and I'm so right on that. But how did they become like that? What's their story of their coming into being in that moment that they cut you off? What kind of traumas did they experience? What kind of bad relationships did they live through? You know, and so I guess my invitation is, for you all listening is to show a little compassion to our fellow human beings. We're all here trying to have a human experience and learn from that experience. Now, some of us are more aware about the learning part and some of us are not, but it's learning nonetheless. And we are not in a place to make judgments over who's learning more or learning less or who's evolved and who's not evolved. Everyone has their own individual journey and everyone has their own individual lessons to learn in order to evolve and expand. So, you know, science tells us that the universe is expanding, right? And if everything is energy and we are expanding, that is, uh, we, our evolution, our spiritual evolution is what's contributing to the expansion of the universe because we are extension of source, right? And so as we evolve, our vibration, our energy starts to open up, starts to expand. And people feel that. People feel when you are feeling good. People feel when you are in alignment and that becomes contagious where then they start to feel good. They're like, oh, hey, that person is in a good mood. I really like that. I'm inspired by that. I'm starting to feel like in a good mood. You know how they say laughter is contagious? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody's laughing. You could be so grumpy and someone is laughing, like genuinely laughing like deep belly laughing hysterically, like tears coming out of the eyes, kind of laughing. Tell me you can't keep a straight face. 
You know what I mean? Like someone starts laughing. It's just everyone starts laughing. And then sometimes you get to the point where like, I don't even know why I'm laughing. My body is laughing, but I don't even know what's so funny. Like, why am I laughing? <laughs> I love it. But that's just an example of how our, our energy, our beingness expands. And so when science says the universe is expanding, well, that is because we are expanding. And so let us see each other and hold each other with compassion as we learn and evolve. I mean, if you think about kids, like little babies, I'm talking little babies, you know, when they learn how to crawl, everyone celebrates. Oh my God, look, they're crawling. Oh my God, this little tiny baby's crawling. It's amazing. When adults try to do something new, we're all like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, I see you stumble and fall and it's not pretty. Like we're not as encouraging. And so it's kind of sad, you know, that we forget how innocent we truly are at our essence and how we are all just learning how to be better beings, how to live more expansively. Because all these things in our previous life and our previous incarnations and our previous ways of being connected and, and in within, like joined with source, we forgot all that stuff, you know? Um, if you follow some, some spiritual, some spiritual teachers, you know, the, the common idea is that, uh, we come to this planet and into a human body to have a human experience as spirit souls. And we choose, you know, which time to be born in, which family to be born in, you know, which body to be born in, because we want to get all of these challenges that we know will help us grow and evolve. But the catch is we forget all that stuff when we come down here. Why? Because if we already knew that, we probably wouldn't learn the lesson. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that because that sounds painful. Why do I want to do that? Because I want to grow. I don't want to grow. I'm not going to do that. No. Mm -mm. So can you imagine? Yeah. Anyway, um, so this is this is a great uh, segue, I guess, into what I was thinking about and what I've been thinking about over these past couple of weeks is, um, you know, the conflict that's going on in the Ukraine. So I wouldn't be me, you know, and this podcast wouldn't be what it is if I didn't make mention of the, the conflict that's going on in the Ukraine. Um, and I'm not here to talk about like who did what and how we came to be and all this other stuff. This is more me thinking about the pain and suffering that's happening all over the planet and how it is showing up for us. And so the questions that I'm asking are, you know, how do we as individuals interact with a conflict, at least for us in the, in the United States, interact with a conflict that is far away, you know, it's on the other side of the world in a country that, you know, maybe people don't even know where the, where it is on the map. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just hear the news. They just, they just read what's fed to them. And, and some people, they, they leave it at that. They don't do a deeper inquiry. They don't look at other sources outside of U.S. media. They don't look into the history of how this conflict came to be, right? And there's all kinds of conversations left and right. You know, there's conversations about 
what this what this invasion of the Ukraine means. They, there's talk about like, well, you know, all these other countries are suddenly flinging their borders wide open for white presenting Ukrainians. And what about all the brown folks who are fleeing war as well? And how they were shut out and how they were beaten uh, trying to enter into countries for refuge. Um, there, those are some real conversations that are happening. And it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in that vortex of lower vibrational energy, right? And so, you know, we get, we get worked up, we get all up in arms, like, you know, justice for all, peace for all, you know, like we need to do something about it. Yeah. And yeah, we do need to do something about it, but what can we do? You know, some of us have the means to donate money to organizations who are offering humanitarian aid on the ground. You know, they got boots on the ground. I love that phrase, by the way, boots on the ground. <laughs> they got people there in Ukraine helping folks in ways that they need it. Um, we have organizations that are sending medical teams, you know, out there, um, all kinds of ways. So. For someone who is not, let's say, in the military and, and maybe helping directly in that way, and I don't mean anything by that, um, maybe we don't have family there, uh, but we do want to help. You know, what do we do in times like these where we want to help, but we don't know how because we feel helpless ourselves? Things feel bigger than us, bigger than what we can handle, bigger than than this idea like if I take action will it really make a difference you know because that's that's one thing that stops a lot of people from taking action you know people think do do future thinking we all do it right some of us are more aware of it and and some of us are not but we do the future thinking of like well if I do x what will the what will the result y be will it be satisfactory to me you know if I donate money to this organization that's providing humanitarian aid in the Ukraine itself, that feels satisfying. That feels like I did something, right? But there are some of us who want to actually feel like tangibly they're doing something. Maybe I'll go out and protest. I'll get my sign, physically going to be present with a group of people, with a collective to make my voice known, to be visible. That feels like I'm doing something too. I will say though, in my protest days, <laughs> which is not to say they're, they're over, but at the height of my protest days, I got very excited. But then as I got, um, not as I got older, but as I saw what happened after the protest, what the results really were, I got disheartened because I would go to these protests thinking, and maybe my expectations were too high, but I was thinking, okay, we're going to change the world. We get a huge group of people. We create a movement and we will change the world. And that can happen for sure. I'm not saying that's impossible. Look at the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, they are changing the world. But I know for myself, for my, my personal individual experiences, did not shift enough to make it feel like I was actually doing anything. You know, so for example, after 9-11, uh, there was this call 
to war with Iraq to invade Iraq and I you know I'm like what does that have to do with 9-11 it didn't there was no connection for me but I we we wanted to me and friends and colleagues wanted to protest this eminent invasion of Iraq this war and I went and I protested marched with a whole bunch of people in New York City and it was so powerful it was so amazing I felt so hopeful and I was like yes this this is going to shift things this is what change looks like right and yeah I mean this is true these are all true statements but what happened was we went to war anyway and I was like oh, what the F you know like I was I felt so defeated felt so defeated I was like oh my god all these people we all came together protest the war and they still did it you know and so that was so discouraging for me but I was like no I'm not going to become a jaded person I'm not gonna be so cynical so skeptical that I don't do my part as as far as I am being called to do right so I still participated in protests and things like that and I want to say my last my last protest might have been um, the Women's March uh, after the election of 2016. And that felt really disheartening to me <laughs> for reasons that you can read about on my blog. <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole lot of layers to that experience. But this is to say that each of us feels the the need to take action to help change violence into something else to stop the violence to create peace and understanding to create balance in the world and if you are in that place of you know it seems so desperate it seems like anything I do is useless. I am helpless. I can't, you know, possibly do anything. If you're in that place, like a lot of folks might be, here's what I got for you. Who we are being already changes the world. I'm going to say it again. Who we are being already changes the world. Now, I'm not talking like, who you're being is suddenly going to create world peace tomorrow, right? World peace is possible. Just don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. And this is what I mean by that. When you are being your true authentic self and you are living in alignment with your life's purpose, you are feeling in the flow of of life and your energy everything feels easy and when I say easy I mean things move with ease as you move through your life when you are that in alignment then that energy starts to expand like I was saying earlier it ripples out it's got this butterfly effect right you know all you all know about the butterfly effect where how a butterfly's wings travel so far and is so powerful that it affects things hundreds of thousands of miles away. 
do your do search it up search it up on the internet you'll be fascinated to see what you find as far as the butterfly effect goes but the idea is that as we expand that energy becomes inspirational for others to do the same now here's the hang-up for us humans with egos that don't understand their place <laughs> Our egos are like, yeah, I feel kind of selfish that I'm going to be just like kumbaya, om, whatever, myself. Like, oh, I'm going to take care of myself. Om, I'm going to go do yoga. That's going to change the world. No, that's, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> First, let me start by saying yes, that it is. Here's the hang up, right? We are under this illusion that we have control over things outside of our body. We are under this illusion that we have control over other people, that we have control over like what decisions other people make, any of that stuff, right? We don't, we don't, it's all an illusion. The only thing we can control is who we are being, is our bodies, is our thoughts, our spiritual practices, you know, and how we interact with people is also what we have control over. But this idea of moving outside of ourselves to try to incite change, it won't hold. It won't hold. I mean, a few things might shift, but it won't hold because there's no patterns that have been disrupted some deep-seated patterns and behaviors are at play here and they're not being disrupted. It's just a little fix, a little band-aid. You just slap on and cover the problem. The problem is at, is at the core of each of us. How much healing do we need to do? All of us in one way or another need healing. Whether that's your actual healing from this lifetime, you know, maybe something happened to you during your lifetime that you have either blocked out or you, you know about but don't want to face, healing needs to happen there. But there's also the healing of wounds and traumas that happened before you. The, the wounds and the traumas of your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, and so on, all down the line. You don't know what happened in the way, 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 way back. But it's up to you now, in this present moment, in this body you're living in, it's up to you to do the healing work so that you can heal yourself and who you're being as well as your entire line, all the way, you know, all of your ancestors. And I, I, I say this, and I wonder how many skeptics I have out there, as far as listeners go, where they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like, I'll heal myself, but really healing, like, the, the generations before me, the ancestors before me, like, I don't think so. Mm -mm. You know, like, the ancestors are good. They're my guides, and they're awesome, and they don't have trauma. Well, maybe, maybe not. But what harm is there in just doing the healing work, period? You know, I have been on this healing journey um, for quite some time. 
but I want to say like the deep, deep, deep work way down into the deep subconscious has been going on for about mm, five years maybe or so. I want to say a lot of it, the bulk, significant bulk of it has probably happened over the last three years where things just kind of accelerated. It was like, oh, here's that layer. Oh, yeah, let's see that. Oh, let's peel that away. Oh, look, there's another layer. Let's peel that away, release that. And it just kept going deeper and deeper. And I'm going to tell you, doesn't matter how long you're doing it, how many modalities of healing you have, there are, I'm going to say it, they're going to, there are infinite layers of healing. I don't know this for a fact, but this is what I'm sensing, that there are infinite layers of healing. It's not just your own healing. It's healing all the way down to your ancestors, to the beginning of time. You know, you think about the beginning of man and how traumatic it must have been to just be there and like, what the heck? Like, where am I? What is going on? Why is the sky on fire? <laughs> you know, like imagine that, imagine that kind of trauma. So I say this to you because I know that this can happen. I know from personal experience that this can happen. I had a Theta healing session with a friend who is who is working on becoming uh, a Theta healer. And Theta healing is an amazing modality. It, it truly blows my mind. It's, it's spiritual while also somatic. Um, it's just really cool. And so during one session, I received a message that my ancestors were saying thank you. That my grandmother and her mother and her mother before her came forward to say to me that you have done all of the healing. Thank you. Thank you for healing us, for healing our traumas. You should feel so good that you healed yours and now you can live your bliss. You are free, you are released, and what a gift that is. And I was like, what? Oh, oh, okay, wow, okay. <laughs> How about that? You know, it was it was a wild experience. And, and it's not that message, yeah, I received that message, but I also saw them which was pretty powerful for me. So in all of that healing, I am becoming the true version of me. So it sounds, it sounds inaccurate to say I am becoming because I already am the thing that I am. You know, I already am. We'll just put it that way. And so maybe it's I'm stepping into the version of me that has always been. I am peeling away all the layers of performance, all the layers of artifice, so that my true essence can come through, can shine through, can be revealed. You know, I, um, I have a friend, amazing, amazing woman, um, who is also my mentor, Lola Pickett. And she posted a photo on Instagram a few days ago. And I was, it was of herself, and she was standing in some beautiful March sunlight in the desert. And there was something about it that struck me and I had to tell her. I said to her, 
this photo is totally you and I mean like her essence of her really came through and it just felt so powerful like I was bearing witness to her divine essence her most authentic self and that was so powerful and I was like man that is freaking awesome and inspiring for me to continue to do the work to get to that place as well to be able to stand in my truth to to be visible to show everyone hey this is who I am this is who I'm being whether you like it or not doesn't matter to me because this is who I am you don't like it it's okay because you know what I don't like something (laughs) it's so funny I was just trying to come up with an ice cream flavor I don't like and I was like oh I don't like bacon flavored ice cream (laughs) there's you can't be mad at the ice cream though it's not the ice cream's fault it's bacon flavored so you don't like it you don't like it it's no big deal so I am not here to be likable to everybody I am just my own version of bacon flavored ice cream (laughs) And if you don't like it, then you can find another flavor. It's okay, you know? And so um, this goes back to who we are being, right? Who we are being is enough. Okay, it's not going to stop the fighting in Ukraine. It's not going to stop the bombs. It's not going to stop the killing. But even if you were out there, would you physically be able to do that? Would you be able to like stand in front of the the missile launchers and say, no, you cannot go into the sky and destroy all those people's lives? No, you can't. You can't do that. That's not, not, not viable. And so what can you do? You can be you. You can be your truest version of you in ways that feel safe for you. Let me say that. Because sometimes we know who we are deep down. And we know that if we were to step into our fullest light, that it might cause danger to our system. And danger can mean anything. Danger can mean like physical danger, you know. I think about the LGBTQ community. I think about trans folks and how, who they are being publicly, how they are, they are making themselves visible, exposes them to danger, exposes them to harm, because there are so many people who don't accept anything other than their own reality. And so they need to project and, and squash that thing that disrupts the reality that they know. So yeah, step into who you are to the degree at which you feel a sense of safety. I mean, safety can also mean just your nervous system. Your nervous system might be like, I don't think so. This is too, mm, mm, my nervous, my nerves are fried. I can't. It's okay. Just small increments. You know, you need to build the resilience in your nervous system so that it can then move into this sense of safety. Yes, it is safe to be seen. It is safe to be seen. And to trust that and to know it in your bones is the key difference. So thinking about the conflict 
that's happening in the Ukraine, but also thinking about the conflict that's happening in other parts of the world. We're only paying attention to the Ukraine because of our U.S. media, right? But let's talk about Israel and Palestine. That conflict has been going on forever. So it's not just Russia and Ukraine. It is anywhere there is conflict and harm. Can we be our true selves so that we can offer hope? We can offer a glimmer of a promise that this is possible, that peace is possible, that equilibrium is possible, that we can step into our light and spread it for all to feel that same safety that you do because you are being who you are. So this is where an example, this is an example for me anyway, where spirituality and activism come together, come and intersect because there's only so much activism we can engage in. But if we are not right with ourselves, our actions are hollow are ineffective. You know, if we are being activists and demanding justice, but then at home, you are not just, then how does that action, that public action of activism, how does that land with others? It falls short. It, it feels hollow. And you don't even have to say anything. People know. People pick up on vibes. You know, we are energy. And whether or not you can tap into that energy, there's just this knowing. You know, you ever go and you're like, mm, yeah, I know that person is lying. Or mm-hmm, that person is not safe. I'm going to go the other way. Or you're like, yeah, this person is just like saying words to say the words that feel that they should say. Yeah, no, not buying it. So think about that. Think about who you're being in this moment. Are you letting yourself get sucked into the vortex of bad news, of that media cycle that just pulls you in and gets you depressed and brings your vibration down? Or are you putting pause on that stepping away and caring for yourself, caring for your body, whether it's naps or yoga or great food, nourishment is key, but sleep. Oh, sleep. I love sleep. Don't get enough of it. Maybe that's why I love it so much. (laughs) But to really understand that who you're being matters the most, it matters the most. And so friends, I want you, or I invite you to take inventory, to take stock in who you're being, how you're being in relationship to all of this, and to maybe step away from the social media, step away from, you know, news outlets, and just get right with yourself. Allow yourself time to just sit and be, you know, don't escape to Netflix, You know, I mean, you can watch Netflix. I'm not saying don't watch Netflix, but take some time to sit with yourself. You know, even if you're just sitting on the couch and you want to, 
just sit and feel into your body. Be like, okay, is there anything aching today? Maybe you can feel into the breath and notice how you're breathing. Notice your thoughts. What are you thinking about? Are you thinking in an obsessive way about the Ukraine conflict? Or are you thinking about what's for a snack today? (laughs) You know, or I could use a nap. So noticing your thoughts also helps clue you in on if you're in integrity with who you're being, with who you are called to be or not. I I had another thing and I totally like spaced out (laughs) too funny, but yeah, this is welcome to the world of real authentic podcasting. We're not polishing things. We're not editing things. We are just being, and we're being real and we're talking real. We're, We're talking the talk. We're shooting the real talk, shooting straight. All right, my friends. So to conclude this episode, I'm just going to reiterate my invitation for you to inquire as to who you are being, not who are you in terms of identity, you know, like I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color. I am a child of immigrants, not, not, not that kind of identity. Just who are you being in this moment, in this moment? So for example, me in this moment, I'm a podcaster in this moment. I'm being a podcaster who's sharing my knowledge with, with some listeners. Mm -hmm. That's it. Who are you being? I feel in alignment with what I'm sharing. Who are you being? I'm being that person I've always wanted to be. Totally free and untethered, able to say what I want to say without having to answer to somebody. Who are you being? I am being that person sitting in a chair, looking at shelves and shelves of books and wondering, when can I read them all? So yeah, ask yourself these questions. Who are you being? And just take a look. It's so important to pay attention. All right, my friends. So to close the episode, I've got The World I Leave You, one of my favorite anthologies, the anthology of Asian American poets on faith and spirit. And today's poem is called Vestige by Michelle Peñaloza. Vestige. The creak of pews makes my knees ache. My palms and fingertips kiss. Phosphorus, censers, old mahogany, boxed wine, candle wax work upon me like the itches of an old collar jumper. Worship seeps from memory to body. I confess to the air. Forgive me, air. I cannot believe. It has been three years since my last quiet. I hold a rosary, count its beads like the redolent string of rose petals my Lola held close when she died. After prayer, the attar melded with the garlic bouquet of her hands. Bulbous scents cradling, caressing my face. I roll each pressed round between my forefinger and thumb, keep count. My guilt, my guilt, my doubt, I am not free. I cup the tangled strand, pass it between my hands. The attar now lives in the leaf creases of my palms. The quiet whispers, scent is memory's companion. 
I inhale calla lilies, yeast of Eucharist, and my mother's undulating voice, wailing the rosary at my Lola's funeral. My mother looked like artwork then, something of Bernini's, her ecstasy carved into relief by her pain. I remember cathedral light washed her face. I envied the faith she found, her ravished heart. Once an old man spoke to me of faith in dishes, how he held, washed, and dried each dish as though it were a child in his sink. The dishes themselves and the fact that I am here washing them are miracles. I count the day's miracles, the sweet butter on wheat toast, the abundance of coffee, the predictability of doors opening and closing, the stars held within an apple, the sound of eight separate rivers converged in one spot, working in one measure, rosaries and rose petals and garlic, vinegar and incense and wine. Whew, man, what an amazing poem. Oh, I gotta go send a note to her because that is a beautiful, beautiful poem. All right, my friends, on that note, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos. By signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.